Happy Wednesday. We are back with Watered Wednesdays. I'm here to talk some more about God and faith and all those good things. Yeah, encouragement. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, Catherine. It's been a long time. I know. It hasn't. <laughs> it really hasn't. <laughs> uh, well, we have a special guest with us today. Yep, we're not um, alone. <laughs> yeah. So her name is Mandy, and um, we met Mandy at our church. All three of us go to the same church mm-hmm. in Detroit. And Mandy was actually um, one of the first people we talked to about our podcast. She kind of helped us mm-hmm. gather some thoughts and get started. So we're excited to have her on today just to share some thoughts and help us in our discussion. Hey, everybody. Hello. Happy to be here. Welcome. <laughs> so excited. How was everyone's week? Mm, it was a good week. Very productive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I always feel like, how's your week is the hardest question for me to it answer. It actually really is. Because I'm always like, ask me. I said this to uh, my, one of my group leaders earlier this week. I was like, can you ask me like a more direct question? Ask me about something like X, oh Y, or Z. Oh, my gosh. I should stop asking How was Tuesday at 3 p.m.? Uh, you know what? 3 p.m. was tough, but 4 p.m. <laughs> golden. Uh, I love it. Awesome. Well, we're going to um, do something that we've seemed to be doing, and we're going to do some hot seat questions just to have our listeners continue um, to get to know us. Yeah. So who wants to start? I will. The okay. hot seat question for today is, how do you like your pizza? See, it's mm. kind of like coffee, but when we were talking off air, it was like, how do you like your coffee? But it was, how do you like your pizza? Mm. True. Because So let me preface, toppings and like your cheese choice and then like your thickness right obviously mm-hmm. like what time of day is it and what day of the week um it's friday night friday night yeah. at 7 p.m wait <laughs> so no i see it, seriously i feel like it varies for me if i'm having pizza for lunch i like it a certain way if i'm having pizza Whoa. at 11 p.m i like it a certain way okay it's uh it's dinner time dinner time so like seven yeah on okay, a friday fine. um well i like what's it called stone fired pizza oh, yeah. that is hands down my favorite um and i like mine simple um typically cheese or margarita pizza and i'm one of the few people apparently in the world that's like that i like hawaiian pizza yes Ooh. i've heard that's been a thing lately people are like don't put pineapple on pizza do you guys watch the good place at all Mm-mm. so it's about heaven and hell it's like a parody about it uh but one of the things is like people that in hell only get Hawaiian pizza. That's their only oh cho- choice of pizza. I'm like, well, that wouldn't be that bad. No. <laughs> I don't think I have to answer the question. You do don't. I? You're both looking and at me curious. like... We're curious. Like, we want to be like, it's a natural thing. Um, I do prefer square, and I like... My favorite would probably be pineapple and mushroom, which is like a weirdest combo. But okay. And you're bashing my black olives. black olives. <laughs> They're too... Mushrooms not- are good. I'll yeah. give you that. And mm-hmm. pineapple's good. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really, it's a weird pizza, I understand, but it's like rubbery <laughs> it's and okay. all the weird you do you. It's great. You like, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, okay, so my question is, if you were a cartoon character, what would you be? These are fun questions. And this has to be like, not what would you, what would you want to be, but who would you like be? Actually be. Like them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, I need a minute. Yeah, I know, why? it's hard. Uh, I had time to think about it. Wait, cartoon answer. character? Yeah. Okay. You go first. Yeah. Can you share yours first? Sure. Okay. I would be Eliza Thornberry. 
Oh. Because I have this weird thing where, like, I feel like I can talk to animals. I can. <laughs> but. Okay, we've never discussed that before. Yeah, this is so I, I really can't talk to them, but, like, I like to think that I can, like, tell them what I want them to do, and they do it. Because, like, <laughs> they get me. I forgot she could talk to animals. It's been a minute. Um, yeah, now they're all, like, coming back to me. Okay. Oh, You got sorry. it? No. I, yeah, it just hit me. I would love to be Hey Arnold. <laughs> and I feel like I resonate with, um, he's just trying to always organize something. Yeah. Or, mm. Kickball. Yeah, but, like, nothing goes right for him, but he's still just doing yeah. his best out there. Plus, he's yeah, my hero. He's your hero? He's a I great guy. No bit football head. Yeah. Um, so here are like two that came to mind. Probably Tommy Pickles. But Wait, I, I've never heard of him. From Rugrats? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Now you're back. taking me really back. I love Rugrats, but I also really resonate with Chucky, who's like afraid of the guy in the oatmeal box. <laughs> That's my six. And I'm yeah. just like, I don't know if we should do this, guys. I'm very Chucky, but I want to be Tommy, if okay. that makes sense. Mm. Yes. You probably have a little bit of both in you. Yeah, I'm just... Okay, then I'm also Helga. <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. So good. Okay, I have a question. Um, oh, that's right. If uh, you could pick your favorite thing about your mom, what oh. is that favorite thing? <gasps> I oh. love that. This is one of my favorite questions. That's a sweet question. I'm writing that down. Um, Keep it forever. <laughs> I mean, I love my mom, so there's so many things I could say about mm. her. I'm trying to think of my favorite, though, because I don't want to, like, bore you guys with all the things I love about her. Um, Please, that's what this podcast is about. Right. My favorite, though, I just love how carefree she is. Like, Mm. she's very, like, go with the flow, like, super grace-filled. She also loves animals, just like me. So, like... Can she talk to them? I think she can. Is that where you got it? (laughs) Um, no, but I feel like she would say that too. Like yeah. I just did. So I just love that about her. That she's very carefree and silly and goofy. Yeah. That's really loud. <laughs> um, I would say my mom had this attitude that like when we were driving in the car, if we would get lost, she'd be like, we're not lost. We're on an adventure. So I just feel mm. like her desire. And I mean, she like lives on a boat right now. So like, her desire for adben- adventure and to always, like, spin things, like, optimistically, I guess. Um, yeah. That's cool. That's a gift for sure. Spirit of yeah. adventure, yeah. And then you turned out to be a six? Or you're a three? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Your mom's totally a seven, right? I don't know what she is. Mm-hmm. She's Sorry, like, guys. You, this is yeah, not an Enneagram podcast. <laughs> no, it just comes out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I would say for my mom, I always appreciated that she always seemed to have the right thing to say or something to say. Like there was never a point mm. where whether it was just to me or in our family or even at church, you know, you have random people coming up to you and sometimes Yeah, you never know. I just stand there awkwardly with my mouth open. Mm. Um, <laughs> but she always has engaging conversation and makes people feel important and I respected mm. that a lot. I think you do that. You I do. really try. I, but you're easy to talk to, Allie. Aww. If you're not easy to talk to, then you get the open mouth, Mandy. <laughs> Well, and the thing is, we all probably have characteristics that our moms have. True. We yeah. just, maybe we're not to the degree that they are, yeah. so we don't think we're that way, but to right. the average person looking mm-hmm. in, they're like, oh, I see that. I see in that you. in you. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's funny. Oh, good stuff. Well, our theme for the day is cultivate, and so we're going to talk about um, growing spiritually. We're going to talk about the 
um, elements that come into play when you're talking about growth, um, seeds and soil and spiritual water and fruit. Um, so we're going to get into all of that. Um, yeah. I don't know how to start it. Though. That was great. I think you <laughs> there's the it. overarching mouth. Yeah. And just to um, kind of go off of what Allie just said, cultivate actually means preparing and using land for crops or gardening or trying to acquire or develop a quality sentiment or skill. So like she said, our goal today is to just kind of talk about how do we prepare and develop to produce fruit in our lives for God. And we wanted to sort of relate it to the imagery of a plant growing. Yeah. Um, and we're all about personal growth. I think that's so important, whether you're a Christian or not. But when you are a Christian, um, you know, your goal should always be to be growing spiritually mm-hmm. and to be um, becoming more like Christ because that's our goal at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, we, we just can talk about that a little bit. Will you read the second half of that definition again? Yep. Trying to acquire or develop a quality, sentiment, or skill. I like that part. Sorry. Yeah. Because I think that, I don't know, it's easy to think of religion and spirituality Mm -hmm. as like a skill. It's like, oh, if I could just do enough of it and tap into, I'll have all the answers, right? But I don't, I think it's more relationally based and not something that you acquire. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I can't purchase it. I can't, like, do a transaction and acquire that skill or that quality. It takes a little bit more pain and And patience. I think that is a big part of cultivating as well. Yeah. But I think when you're intentional, you're setting yourself in the right direction, right? I think intentional is probably a good Hmm. word to throw into that as well. Hmm. Yeah. And something I think we've kind of been touching on here and there in this podcast, but it's our lives spiritually a lot of times come down to our posture before God. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's not necessarily like all the things we do, but it's like how is our posture before the Lord? Like are we humbly positioned to say like, okay, God, I don't have it all figured out. I can't do this alone, but like you can. And so I'm submitted to you mm-hmm. in all ways. Mm-hmm. I'm submitted to doing what you want me to do. I'm submitted to relying on your power. I'm submitted to laying down my own selfishness and yeah. desires for yours. And so I think that kind of leads us into even the first part of this. Like um, when you think about a plant that grows, it starts off as a seed. Mm. So for us spiritually, if you kind of think of like, our spiritual walk as a seed, um, it kind of starts with like our posture. Like how is that seed planted, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What do you guys think about that? It's like the moment you become a seed, you, it's like the first, I think being a seed, (laughs) it's like the first time you decide that like you're, you can't do it yourself, Mm -hmm. right? And in that moment, you're suddenly a seed and Mm -hmm. you're now on an adventure of I'm going to grow into something that produces flute. Fruit. (laughs) Flute. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, when I um, when I think about this element of growing spiritually, actually the story of Mary and Martha came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and like speaking of that idea of posture, I feel like when we talk about growth and cultivation, there's often this mentality of all the work that it takes and not enough emphasis on that posture. And so um, 
just that idea of sitting at Jesus's feet mm-hmm. and literally, and in that story, Jesus says, uh, is it Mary or Martha? I always forget. Mary's the one at the feet. At the feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mary's always the good one. Um, <laughs> always. <laughs> Mary, it, it, Jesus says she has chosen the one thing that's needed, mm-hmm. which is such a dramatic statement for the savior of the world to say that this is the one thing that's needed is sitting at my feet and listening to my voice and listening to what I'm saying and spending quality time with me instead of just doing things for me. Um, And I feel like that emphasizes perfectly what you're saying about literally just a posture of being at Jesus's feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Seed. Absolutely. Um, I love Mary. I'm a Martha. (laughs) And I like what you said, too. Uh, that's She's done the one thing. It's not, like, mm-hmm. the best thing or one mm-hmm. of the things, but it's, like, the thing that you need to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. So th- I think, like, our takeaway here with, like, this element is to just be thinking about, like, where are you, like, currently positioned? Like, if you're a seed, like, where are you planted? Yeah. Are you positioning yourself in a manner that is going to allow you to grow. Mm-hmm. I actually referred to myself as a baby Christian because, okay, yeah, well, and Catherine and I have shared our stories and we both like came to really surrender ourselves or be seeds later in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important part to throw out there too. Mm-hmm. But I did call myself a baby Christian for like a long, not a long time, but like when I first started, because I wouldn't know things. Like people would give the story of Mary and Martha and I'd be like, I don't know that I'm a baby. Someone needs to fill me in, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's funny that we're talking about this and I think that is a place to be, right? Even if that is the place you are, be okay with asking, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was the transitioning point then when you no longer felt like you considered yourself new in the faith? Right. That's a good question. I have no idea. Mm. When did this happen? I don't know. I, I don't know. It, I was thinking about this, that this morning, because I don't know when the change happened, but I think it's like a maturity that comes. Like I can remember even as recently as like two Novembers ago, Uh, We were playing Apples to Apples Bible Edition at my friend's house, (laughs) and these cards would come up, and I'd be like, no idea what that is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still growing. But at that point, I didn't think that I didn't know enough about anything else that I'd still feel like a baby. Sure. I feel like there are parts, you're always learning. I think that's the the beautiful part of relationship with Jesus is Mm -hmm. there's always more room to grow. Mm -hmm. There's always more you can learn about him in becoming like him. I think Mm -hmm. that's a good, Mm -hmm. I think we should mention that as well. As far as growing the goal is to be more like Jesus, grow up into Jesus and like salvation towards Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I just think all that's really important too. Sure. Yeah. I was thinking about this um, in regards to change because Allie and I will talk about this with each other. Sometimes we're like, are we, is it normal for people to want to grow and to change? Mm -hmm. Because we love it. Right. We're all about self growth and, you know, growing and changing, but, I don't know if everyone feels feels that that way way, or if it's exciting to other people. And I mean, granted there's things that I don't want to change sometimes. Like it can (laughs) change can be hard, but what I think is really cool. Um, and going off what you were saying, Allie, about changing in Matthew five, three, um, the word says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this book. It's called, um, how people grow by, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. The authors of Boundaries. <laughs> Which so I've never read. But it's I need so to. good. 
And I loved this little blurb that they they wrote about being poor in spirit. So it says, um, not everyone is aware of his or her neediness, just as the Pharisee in Jesus' parable did not recognize this. However, some are. Jesus described those who are aware of their neediness as poor in spirit. Um, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Greek for poor in spirit indicates a cringing beggar, absolutely dependent on others for survival. Not a flattering picture of us. You don't see people greeting each other in church with, wow, you're such a cringing beggar. (laughs) I'd like you to mentor me. Yet the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who experience their dependency. Mm. And I loved that because I was like, wow. Like, we need to be dependent on the Lord for, like, not only our sustainability, but our growth, too. Yeah. So. I feel like it it gets to that point where you become dependent on yourself. And usually you don't realize that's happened, but that's when your relationship with God just changes a little bit. And that could happen for, like, a week. That could happen for a long period of your life. Um, But that that feeling of what it it's like, oh, I forgot how much I need you. I am desperate for you. Yeah. You know, you are what gets me through easy situations and hard situations, regard just the everyday. I need you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that mentality that allows us to even be open to God changing us and growing us um, as opposed to stunting our growth with that idea of I can do it or I don't need God. It like I feel like it starts with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a starting point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like we've been saying, there's there's a posture, there's a place where we begin this journey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we want to change and we want to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then, like, when you think of a plant, not only does it start as a seed, but it has to be planted in soil. Word. Um, and so we wanted to, to read um, Matthew 13 parable of the sower mm-hmm. um which just might help paint a better picture of what the soil is talking about and he goes on to say listen then to what the parable of the sower means when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart this is the seed sown along the path the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. I just love that picture because I think it shows how us as people can be in different situations um, that either help our growth or stunt our growth. Yeah, I I think that of all the elements of growth and this kind of plant metaphor that we're talking about, the soil is the point where we have the most responsibility. Um mm-hmm to just be aware of what is the state of my heart? What is the state of my soil? Am I allowing things to land there and grow there that are choking out good things that God is trying to do? Um, Because 
obviously like our growth isn't up to us. Like the plants are going to grow regardless. God is the one that brings the growth to us if we are connected to him. But we have an element of, like you were saying, um, having our posture and our heart towards him in the right place, but also just saying, what are the things that I'm allowing in my life, in my mind, in my heart, in my personhood? And are these things in my inner being working with what God is doing or taking away or hindering that? Um, And so I feel like the soil part is the part where I'm like, okay, that's where I have an action plan Um, because I can... I can weed things out in my life. I can weed out rot, rocks or whatever roots or uh, thorns, things that are getting in the way, you know? Yeah. And, like, practically speaking, like, what are some of those things, mm-hmm. like, that come to mind? Uh, well, for me, anger is a big one. If I let anger sit in my heart too much, um, then I can't hear the Lord and I feel like it kind of squelches what he's trying to do and doesn't put me in that posture of openness to him Mm -hmm. um I would just say busyness I would say control is a big one for me um so if I find myself in a place where I need control or I'm I'm scrambling to get control of a place I have to just like step back and ask myself because for me that's a thorn because if I am trying to control it hurts other people and kind of like pushes things away you know Mm -hmm. um instead of enhancing and making room for growth um, both in myself and in others and just creating space for what god to do because as we said dependency on him is what creates that posture of humility uh, where he can do something as opposed to control is all me depending on myself Mm -hmm. right yeah, one of the things that stuck out to me in this is I've had the song New Wine by Hillsong Worship in my head, mm. and the lyrics are, in the soil, I now surrender, and then another line is, when I trust you, I don't need to understand, and I think that's kind of just a lot of what you're saying, yeah. like, the posture mm-hmm. and the growth. It's not about anything we can do. The soil is, like, outside of ourselves, right? Whereas the seed is more like, this is me, this is who I am, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. soil's like what's around you yes I agree with that like it's kind of what's surrounding you Mm -hmm. um whether like what's surrounding your heart or like what's directly in your life like I even think of Mm. social media for me Mm -hmm. it's so hard because I compare a lot and I know I'm not the only person that struggles with that (laughs) (laughs) you're alone actually (laughs) I know some people are better than others but I think we all struggle with that to a degree because you're seeing the highlights of people's lives and not always seeing the really bad days or the really hard times. And so you start projecting in your brain that your life is not as good as someone else's. And so I know for me, like stepping away from social media when I'm in like a vulnerable place or if I know I'm comparing too much, like physically saying, I'm going to remove this from my surroundings for a time or put some boundaries or limitations on it because I know that this is affecting me in a negative way and Mm -hmm. not allowing me to grow and prosper the way God wants me to right now. Right. Um, so I think it's good to like even create boundaries too with some of the things that we recognize in our life that aren't um, prospering us and aren't good for our soul. Yeah. I have a question. What do you do if your soil is lacking nutrients? <laughs> like uh, what would a spiritual fertilizer be, do you think? Ooh, that's a good question. 
Well, it's interesting because I feel like perhaps it's maybe literally being in Jesus's presence. Mm. Um, It's almost like then you're inviting him to sit there and he is just kind of playing in the sand or the soil and like digging up the rocks and a little bit. Yeah. Pulling up the weeds and just, he's just being present and like him being there just kind of slowly eliminates those things that get in the way. Mm hmm. I like that. I also liked how you're moving your hands when you were saying it, and the listeners can't see that. But yeah, it really enriched what I was saying. It did. It absolutely did. Just like enrich. Yeah, enriches the soil. Yeah. Um, I also think another one is community. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I liked the way you you framed the question because it instantly made me think of people and community surrounding you. Yeah. Um, I actually had a really hard week, and. I depended a ton on community and I feel like in doing that it really helped me to not believe lies and um, just get in my own head about things and it really helped to like put truth into my life and kind of pull me out of the depths of my emotions Mm. that I was in. (laughs) Four. I'm just kidding. Enneagram again. Um, But no, it was so important and I just was so thankful for community. Yeah. Um, in the good times and the bad, but I think that that's really important to have. Absolutely. And I remember feeling at one point in time, like when I was kind of newer to my faith, I felt like I didn't have community. Yeah. And it sort of took time to build that. So for anyone out there who feels like you don't have it, yeah. Um, like don't be hopeless in that because mm-hmm. it's it's possible and it's God desires there. that for you yeah. and it's going to happen and he yeah. has it for you mm-hmm. the patience again yeah because I think that's patience and time is something that mm-hmm. all of these elements need so we can't go without saying that all of it needs sure. that because I don't know the things you want the desires of your heart God has those things for you but it might not be in front of you right now it might be over a mountain or through through under a under a valley I don't know through a valley I don't know mm-hmm. it's on the other side so mm-hmm. just remain remain patient remain planted and God will see you through it yeah mm-hmm. exactly I love that um so another thing a plant needs to grow is water mm-hmm. um what do you guys think like the water is in this metaphor spiritually what is the water (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know living water right so when I was thinking about this I was thinking about Jesus with the woman at the well Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite stories in the Bible I think it's just because I've gone back to it so many times um but the Samaritan woman Jesus is sitting at the well she comes and he starts up a conversation like there's a lot of cultural things with it but Jesus says to her um, everyone who drinks from this well or this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water that I will give him will be in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So this idea of like living water, eternal life, Jesus, like all of that in my head is like a conglomeration. I can't explain it more than that, but. No, I think it's good. Yeah, when you when you think about a plant, like it's gonna die if it doesn't get watered, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, even if it's a succulent, 
It's still going to be <laughs> What about those air plants, which are very confusing to me? Yeah, I don't get it. But they do need some sort of water, right? Are those the ones in the point? thing? Are they like You'll in have a, to be more specific. They're in like a <laughs> glass case of emotion. And you have to water them, right? Is that? I don't know what an air plant is. Never the air mind. plants are the ones that literally just are in the air. So if you go to like Bird's Nest or whatever, those... Yeah. I forget what those stars are called. They're in like but a glass thing, right? I think you're thinking of a terrarium. Oh, yeah, I am. Possibly. But, yeah, they could be in like a glass bulb or like usually that you'll see them hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. And they're just in like a little shape that holds them and the roots are just exposed. But I think you do water those. Okay, yeah. As long as it's not a terrarium. Probably anyway. with like a spritz bottle. Mm. But, <clears throat> yeah, everything needs water, right? Yeah. Yeah. If it's living, no, it's, it's got to have water. Yeah. Um. And so I think that's the same thing for us spiritually. Like, if we don't have water, we're going to be dragging. We're going to be not as efficient um, or just as alive in our faith, Yeah, you know? Like, our faith is like a living thing. Like, it's alive. It's moving. Um, and so I think, like, what you, something you said, Allie, just about, like, Jesus being the living water. Like, I was thinking about this, that... I think we turn to a lot of other things in this life to quench our thirst. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those things aren't able to give us what we need. And we experience that over time. Like maybe it's a relationship we're turning to to, mm-hmm. to quench our thirst. And then all of a sudden, like, something happens in that relationship and it reminds us that, like, oh, this relationship actually can't fulfill me and sustain me. Right. Um, or like a job or even like working out, like anything we can turn to it to be our fuel. Mm-hmm. And like Jesus really is the only thing that's going to always be there to sustain. It's like an endless river. Um, like when I think of like living water, I just think of an endless stream that's like flowing everywhere constantly. Yeah. Um, well, and even how his love has been talked about in that, that metaphor his love is deeper and wider and longer mm-hmm. and higher for some reason I always picture that in the sense of water um but I think f- if I had to narrow it down to your uh, original question of what is water I feel mm-hmm. like it's the truth of who Jesus is and what he says and what he reminds us of about ourselves um because in all of those scenarios, if you're taking something good and making it bad, it's because there's some sort of lie or half-truth or mistruth behind what you're believing about it that's causing it to turn into something unhealthy or unfruitful or negative in your life. And when Jesus reminds you of the truth, which is backed by his love, it shifts and shapes anything according to that truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Good. So yeah. truth in the word, truth in just engaging with him in conversation, truth in uh, practicing listening prayer, um, you know, whatever discipline or uh, practice that you like to use at this point to engage and hear the, the voice of God. Hmm. I think that that is, for me anyway, what I experience as his water. Yeah. I almost like want to start picturing myself like when I'm coming to God in a moment, whether it's like just to praise him or to thank him or to ask him for help or whatever. I almost want to picture myself as like this little dry 
<laughs> plant yeah. that's like kind of withered and yeah. like he has like this watering can of his word and his presence and his life that just like showers over me mm-hmm. and like I could see myself transform and like lift a little yeah. <laughs> like yeah you know that actually reminds me of one of my favorite verses uh it's psalm 63 1 and it says uh, it's god you are my god earnestly i seek you I thirst for you. My whole body longs for you in this dry and weary land where there is no water. Mm. And there's been periods in my life where I just say that verse over and over and over because I feel like when you're that wilted, dried plant, all crusty, (laughs) um, I feel like I have nothing to give in those positions. And so just repeating that verse over and over is a way where I can interact with God and express my need for him. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't take a lot. Like I can just repeat it. I can read it and resonate and slowly through resonating with the dryness of that and being in just a dry culture. He meets me in that or he has met me in that. Mm-hmm. So that just reminded me from what you were saying. Your dry little plant. Yep. I like that you use the word crusty. That's really <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> that's what happens. <sighs> I'm all too familiar with dried crusty plants in my <laughs> house. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let them hear. I want to read a verse that just came to mind. Um, I feel like that kind of goes along with what you're saying. It says, um, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, Mm -hmm. or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Hmm. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Whoa. The word wither just really reminded me of the verse. What verse was that? Um, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Right at the beginning. Yeah. I think it's just a really good image to have about what this all looks like. Well, okay, but so the end of it says he does not wither, but we're talking about how we wither. Can we? Right, no. Wait. <laughs> well, you were talking about, so that, doesn't it say he will not wither? Yeah, whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Okay, I'll allow it. So he's like comparing himself to the tree. Gotcha. And that saying, is planted by the river that is eternal. Yeah. He is like ever. a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Seasons, that's another thing we could talk about. Mm, we won't, maybe yes. not on this episode, but. This one. Yeah, it's true. Because there's a tree outside my office, and I just, I don't know, I think I've, <laughs> you talk to animals, I talk to trees. It's weird. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Manny's like, what have I signed up for? <laughs> no, but I was just like, I don't know, admiring it recently, just like looking at how it still has some orange leaves left, because mm-hmm. like the weather has just been crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, this is going to come out. It's not going to make any sense, but I just love this tree, and I'm just proud of it for, like, not being dead yet. 
<laughs> and like it's not going to die. But like watching and how cold it is outside and it just stands there all You're firm. just rooting for it. Yeah, I'm totally rooting for this tree. Aww. It's beautiful too. I have a plant like that. So I bought this plant from this little old lady who was having a plant sale. Oh, I love that. Her plant sale involved three plants on her front porch that she was selling for 75 cents. And so I bought one of them from her, and she's like, I've had this plant alive for 15 years. So then I just felt all this pressure, pressure. and I'm doing a terrible job, as you heard earlier from my plant watering techniques. But um, I'm rooting for it, even though I've realized it's very ugly. It looks horrible. And but she rooted for it for 15 years, man. Rooted for it. So now I just feel this compulsion to keep this ugly plant in my life and alive. Anyway, I couldn't find the app. For, oh. So there's actually several out there. If you just uh, go, uh, like look up plant watering apps, okay. you can <clears throat> no, do your research. Heck yeah. oh, awesome, guys. Well, our final point here is that, and I think what a lot of the verses we've read have alluded to, is that the main goal is to be for a plant to produce fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not every plant on this earth is produces fruit. Sometimes it's just beauty or oxygen or whatever. But in this metaphor specifically, um, like if we're talking about ourselves spiritually, we want to be producing spiritual fruit. Um, so what does it look like to produce spiritual fruit in our lives? And what does that mean? Mm. So when I was thinking about fruit, I came to this definition of something physical with spiritual nutrients. So like, <laughs> um, like an encouraging note or like a word. So, oh, sorry, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, something physical with spiritual nutrients. Like you were talking, Catherine, you were talking about like this week was rough and the community around you. So mm-hmm. I feel like fruit is like something you give to someone, whether it's a word or an encouraging note, that has spiritual implications to it or like, Mm. like refreshing, I guess. That's how I thought of fruit. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I guess I didn't even think about what is fruit. I, I automatically always think of John 15 when I think about just this concept of growth and fruit, um, which the whole chapter is about this principle and this metaphor, um, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, And it talks a lot about pruning, which is a very uncomfortable topic um, and is actually uh, important in this whole topic of growth, this idea of God cutting things away from our life so that we can actually grow more fully. But in there, it's just so um, evident, and God really emphasizes the fact that apart from him, like we don't even have the possibility of growing fruit um, of lasting eternal real value. And, uh, that word abide, some versions use that word abide. Um, just that idea of clinging to God, of being the branch that's clinging to the vine. Um, and just wanting that intimacy, that closeness, that dependency that puts us in a position where God can bear fruit in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with all that. And I think it's like, it's cool because the fruit is going to reflect what's going on in the inside. Mm, like yeah. if the plant is healthy, yeah. it's going to be doing it. It's going to be producing healthy fruit. That's mm-hmm. like, um, mm. really beneficial. And so I think a lot about like, I think fruit in our lives 
a lot of times can be like the choices we make. Like if we're not spiritually healthy inside and, and things aren't going well, then like that's going to affect the choices we make. Sure. It's going to affect the yeah. things we turn to for happiness. It's going to affect mm -hmm. how we treat other people. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to affect the time we give to serving and to loving people mm -hmm. and how well we're able to do that. And so I think, yeah, I think fruit just kind of shows what's going on. Mm. And I think fruit can be a lot of things. Like what Allie, what you were saying, I think it can be the service we have towards other people. It can be how we treat our families. It can be just the growth even in the, the friendships and the relationships we have. Yeah. Um, not that it's all dependent on us, but I think if you're relying on God and allowing him to work through your life, mm -hmm. yeah. then that is automatically going to affect the people around mm -hmm. you in a positive way. Absolutely. Yeah. And be shown. Yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, several months ago, was reading about the fruits of the Spirit and realized that they all apply to relationships, which I had never noticed before. I, of course, was being self-centered and would always just think about them in like an individual nature as opposed to when the Holy Spirit is growing and active in my life, in my life then all these things are present in my relationships or in how I interact with mm. other people. And so I feel like for me, that's how I know if I'm in a good place or not is how I'm relating, how I'm responding, how I'm reacting, how I'm engaging with people around me. And if it represents uh, things that are uplifting or representative of truth, I know then I'm kind of in a good place as opposed to the opposite. I had a college professor who would always talk about like squeezing the toothpaste tube. Uh, when you squeeze the tube, how when pressure comes to your life, what's in the tube is going to come out whether you yeah. want it to or not. And so when you're put in pressure, stress situations, again, I'm doing the hand motion of squeezing the tube. <laughs> yeah, you can't see that. Um, <laughs> but that's how, you know, I look back on different points when I've responded in points of pressure or stress, and I'm like, ooh, that was a good litmus test of where I was at at that time. Mm -hmm. Not so great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think that's why, going back to what you're saying, like abiding is so yeah. important because if Jesus is in like with us in our presence or we're in his presence and he's going through the soil and he's mm -hmm. pulling out the bad things and we're abiding in him and we're with him he's going to do the work so that whatever comes out yeah. is good and yeah. positive and encouraging and is good fruit and not bad fruit exactly yeah and I think it's like interesting because it's like at the end of the day we really do like kind of reap what we sow mm -hmm. um not that there's not grace for the mistakes we make, the mistakes we have made and the mistakes we're going to make because there always is. And the beautiful thing about God is like, if we make a mistake and we like sow the wrong thing or we like don't, don't yeah. rely on him and like we produce bad fruit or whatever, it's like God promises he can turn that into something good. Yeah, that's true. And so there's so much like need for grace for ourselves and for other people yeah. when they don't do these things. But mm -hmm. what's encouraging and what kind of like challenges me is that like if I if I do reap what I sow though, like I want what I sow to be good mm -hmm. and I want it to be godly and I want to be producing godly fruit in my life because I know that from God's word I'm going to be blessed for that. Like Blessings are going to flow. 
um, not only for me, but for like his kingdom and for other people. And so that's what, what motivates me is like, I want to be sowing good things. I want to be producing like so much fruit and so many plants and whatever, but it's like, I can only do that through him. And then when I fail, when things go bad, like that's where his grace comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I love the moments when you get to be that grace for another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to represent that and just give mercy or uh, just, yeah, freedom if they messed up or hurt you or I don't know, just didn't make a great choice and mm-hmm. you're able to respond in a good way. I feel like that's just such a powerful opportunity that God gives us to be representative of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of him and his goodness and mm-hmm. his grace. Yeah. Because think of how powerful that is if someone's expecting you to like right. ream them out for something yeah. or give them the cold shoulder and it's met with like grace and love and yeah. support. I mean, you can just talk to my husband. I respond with grace <laughs> all the time, every day. <laughs> Nothing but <laughs> perfect. I know. I wish. I wish I did all the time. Yeah, yeah. Goals. that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh goodness. that's awesome. Um, do you guys have any last thoughts or questions about what we talked about? I think the only thing that comes to mind, and maybe I could have said this along the lines of watering, um, but just the concept of new manna. And the Israelites walking through the wilderness and God providing fresh food for them every day and giving them instruction not to hoard or save from the day before they needed to go out and gather. And, um, And just the idea of, you know, we can't grow reliant on what we got yesterday or the day before last week or the last great experience or sermon that we experienced Um, Yeah, he has a new word for you every day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always got to be fresh. Yeah. Yeah. And then a double portion on Mm -hmm. Saturday so that you don't have to do any work on Sunday. (laughs) I've never heard that. What? Yeah. That's in the story. They're not supposed to gather on Sunday. Oh, you're right. Okay. I just phrased it weird. That's Priscilla Shire's fault. I just did her breathe study and that was... No, I One of the, I just forgot about that part. That's very powerful. Yeah. Um, and also I wanted to clarify when I was going on about the wrong uh, verses in seeds. Um, it's because the enemy sows bad seeds. And so that's what Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and then he explains it 36 through 43, which we're not talking about the enemy sowing bad seeds, but they are out there. So if you want to read about it and figure out what to do about it and mm. – there's, there's chapter two for you. Yeah. Read the word. Oh, that's good. Um, do you guys hear the background music? Yep. I've okay. been jamming is this it, whole time. Is that Frank Sinatra? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but there's a, I think there's a live band outside our recording studio right now, so. Enjoy. I think there's two because we walked by them when we walked in and I saw the live band. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's there. Pretty that's sure. That's happening right now. That's funny. Uh, just wanted to acknowledge that. Also, um. Mandy, I think just to close out, like, would you be willing to share with people um, kind of why you chose Christianity for your own life? I know Allie and I have explained our hearts in that and Mm. kind of why we chose that. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about that from you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. When you sent me the show outline, I saw this question and I feel like it, 
immediately evokes just an insecure response within me. I felt like kind of a icky feeling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, why is that? And so I spent some time just like really processing because I would never deny that I'm a Christian and I would 100% choose that. Uh, but it's just interesting because I feel like people's responses to Christianity has just become overwhelmingly uh, negative. Yeah. And so it makes it more challenging to say, yeah, I identify as a Christian. Um, so for my story, I'm one of those people that has had the same faith and the same um, beliefs as what I was brought up with. Um, so was involved in a Christian church, uh, very uh, high involvement as a family from when I was a young kid, and um, just grew up in a really healthy family that loved Jesus, and kind of all, I have the rare experience having my immediate family as well as extended family all being believers, so I was pretty sheltered, in a good way and bad way, which is another conversation, but just this idea of like surrounded by believers on every front. Um, I went to a public school, but my friends at school were friends from church. I wasn't involved in after school activities. Uh, I was involved in church activities and youth group and like things like that. And so I had a very full life. It was just always very removed from anything not church related. And then I went to a Christian college, obviously. As one does. (laughs) As one does in that scenario. Um, And my story doesn't involve any point of intense doubt or walking away from my faith. And I feel like oftentimes when people hear that, it's like, oh, that's so cute. You have the same faith as your childhood. Um, Okay, let the adults have a conversation about life now. And it Mm. almost like, at best, it's like, oh, you're primitive. You're uneducated. You haven't taken the time to think through the hard questions. And at worst, I feel like people see me as untrustworthy. Um, But in any case, regardless, that's still my story. And it's interesting, too, because I feel like I've had the experience where people who haven't followed the Lord for a good chunk of their life and then feel like they find him and he saves them and offers freedom and hope and purpose and joy later on in life, they'll hear my story and they're like, oh, my gosh, you are so lucky. You're the luckiest person. And I have specific memories in my mind of looking at people in the eye as they're saying that to me. And just thinking of all the things that my sheltered childhood saved me from and all the heartbreak and destruction and addiction and whatever could have happened, like God's grace was really upon my life for whatever reason in that regard. And I'm very thankful for my family. Um, But as an adult, you know, even though I haven't walked away from the Lord, there still has been seasons of processing and uh, and yeah, doubt and anger and frustration with, with God and disappointment and just wrestling is the best way I could say how to describe it. And 
um, kind of as I was processing of like, okay, why do I still identify as a Christian? Because there's been plenty of opportunity to walk away from that. Um, there were a few things that came to mind that I think met me at the perfect time that uh, directly answered a question or, or just like met me in that wrestling in a way that I needed to. So the first one um, was the book God on Mute um, by Pete Gregg. And this one, he, so Pete Gregg is the founder of like an international prayer movement where he motivates millions of people around the world to pray. He's like written several books or whatever. And, but this one is specifically about like why God doesn't answer prayers sometimes. And he mm -hmm. personally, his wife had, uh, has epilepsy and, so he just goes into great detail about, you know, he's like starting this prayer movement and God is doing this incredible thing through his life and answering all these prayers. And then his wife is sitting here having seizures all the time that are extremely painful and inhibiting. And he prays and nothing happens. And why right. is that? And so the whole book is him grappling with this, um, this idea. And I think that's a big thing that was a question for me is like, why doesn't God answer our prayers all the time? And, um, just coming to the conclusion that there isn't an answer. Um, and for some reason I just became okay with that, um, that it didn't have to be explained. Um, and the idea of like, there is good and evil in the world. And sometimes the evil wins a little bit. Um, but ultimately God wins in the end and it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also just the idea that, like, if I'm thinking something is wrong with God, like, that's such, like, a prideful idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, like, who am I to think that God is responding wrong? Um, as opposed to just thinking maybe perhaps I don't have the full perspective on the situation or understanding of what's happening. Sure. And so like really trusting God's sovereignty. Um, and it, especially in relation to just like suffering in the world and things like that, that it's like there's no answer. Um, but I'm going to trust God and just believe that he is ultimately the victor. Um, and one more thing that kind of emphasized or imp impacted me enough to the point where I'm still identifying with Christianity is this sermon I heard by Greg Boyd, a pastor in Minnesota, who um, it was called the Toppling the House of Cards. And the whole idea was like a faith uh, being uh, made into a house of cards where like each part is of equal importance and gravity to your faith. And if one part of the one card topples, then your entire faith falls to the ground and is yeah. crumbled. And um, he was like, faith is actually more like a series of concentric circles where there's the solid truths in the middle, the things that are musts for Christianity. And then you have the next circle, which is things of, of um, importance, but they're not like 100% crucial. And then just each circle is like less and less important. And uh, for me, that shook me a lot because I was putting a lot of emphasis, I realized, on things that didn't really matter. So like worship what type of worship in church or whether God answered every prayer or um 
you know, like the theology around hell and heaven and like just not fully understanding that or even like difficult things about the Old Testament and how violent the Israelites were and just like, you know, things that all of us maybe uh, question at some points and realizing all because I was questioning one thing didn't make other things that I believed about God to be less valid or less true. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to come to a point where deciding what my center circle points were. um, And I just decided I will always, no matter what, um, believe that God, the God of the Bible is who he says he is and that he is good. And I found that those two things, Mm -hmm. always anything that can come against my faith and can bring doubt or confusion, if I remind myself, regardless of whether I understand this, God is who he says he is, I can trust him, and he's good, it, I can just rely on those two things, even if I don't understand a situation. So, um, so here I am, almost 30, and I've been following the Lord for most of those 30 years, and it's been beautiful and fun, and I've given myself to um, wanting to bring his kingdom into the world, regardless. Sometimes uh, there's been a period in my life where I did that vocationally and uh, worked at a church. Uh, right now, we find ourselves just doing that not vocationally, Um through neighboring and through we're soon to be parents, which I feel like is a very valid way to bring God's kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to slip that in there always. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a little bit of context. No. I know that was kind of all over the place. That's but really cool. I want to hear um, the sermon that you were talking about. Oh, it's so that good. sounds yeah. really good. Actually, I, I should make a disclaimer that I haven't listened to it in probably like a good eight years. So, <laughs> and you know, this sermon was great, but I don't know everything that was said in it, right, so I don't right. stand by all of it. Maybe, perhaps, I don't know, yeah. but just have yeah. to disclaim it that. It you at the time. It did, yeah, way. and I yes. think about it often. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I feel like when we were brainstorming this episode, you were a solid person that we knew would help us just, I don't know, I, we're just really grateful for you and grateful for um, your faith and the solid center, right? Mm-hmm. Like the goodness, the that he's unchanging. And um, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, it's yeah. my pleasure. It's so fun. And it's fun to just process through some of this stuff in a different way, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've really enjoyed the experience. Great. Good. Absolutely. We'll us have you too. back one day, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what this podcast is doing, but possibly. Sounds yeah. good. Awesome. Well, thanks, you guys, and thanks for listening. Yeah, hit us up on social media. And we'll see you next time. All right. (laughs) Bye.